This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back in, everyone. Morning Deuce. We're still around for episode three, and what a day to be around in the NBA. Crazy upsets all across the board. I am uh, I'm a millionaire. I don't lose NBA bets anymore. Alex, you do. But other than that, how are you feeling? Pretty good. Honestly, I didn't get much sleep last night, so bear with me if I'm a little spacey, but all my sleep was on the Orlando Magic because I didn't give them enough respect. I, that's got to be where we're starting, right? Yeah, I mean, I. It's got to be the most one of the most absurd. Are you up. are you blown away by that that uh, segue there? By the way, yeah, that's a that's, that's, that's that we call good, that right? a professional. That's a professional yeah. segue. Yeah. You're getting you're getting good at this podcasting thing. I gotta admit, two. yeah. Hey, let's do. It. <laughs> I'm glad, I knew I picked you for a reason. Uh, but yeah, the magic. Whew. That was uh. What what was that? I don't. Well, where did the, where did that come from? Hey, I know where listen, from. Coach Cliff, right? Coach Cliff, hey, boy. all 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 credit is due to Coach Cliff. But hey, I said yesterday on the, I, I, I'm gonna jump back to yesterday, and well, I know you you were sort of killing yourself a little bit earlier today, talking about how you dumped on the magic and all that stuff, but I think you were pretty much uh normal there i think you were in the majority in that i think most people were on your side whereas i maybe sort of jokingly said that i thought the magic could win a game but what i was 100 percent serious about was the fact that i said that coach clifford will have this team ready to play and for one game he can get his team up and ready better than just about any coach in the league and prepped for one game. Boy, did he. Yeah, that, that's a hell of a one game. Um, I think it, it's a really good reminder that like the margin between teams in the NBA is a lot narrower than it, it might seem. Like The Magic, they went 33 and 40 on the year. They don't look that great, but I mean, these are NBA players that can fill it up if they get hot. Um, I don't know if it was a case of the Bucks not showing up. Um, that's what I was going to ask you. When you look at the box score, there's nothing really glaring in terms of turnovers. I mean, the the Magic I, shot the ball pretty well, and the Bucks shot okay. But like, what what happened here? Well, there's a couple things that stuck out to me in the box score. One is Giannis having 31, and the rest of their starters only having 44 combined. That's just not going to get it done. Chris Middleton with 15, he's going to have to have a little better output. Bledsoe's going to need to play a little bit better. But overall, they just, across the board, their starters, other than Giannis, 
didn't do much. Um, and then that 31 is pretty, uh, it's a pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Alex? Give me it. Un- underwhelming? No, not underwhelming. 31's good. What's the word I'm looking for? It's not smoke screen. It, Hollow? It, yeah. I, I don't want to say. I don't know. All, look, Giannis scored one point in the last 10 minutes of the game. Not good. So 31's nice, but they shut him down. Their defense was just on point all game. They were doubling Giannis. They were anytime someone drove, they saw multiple bodies. They collapsed into the paint. All things that Cliff, Coach Cliff defenses always do. They were just on point for 48 minutes. And that's what a team that really is not talented at all has to do to beat a team like the Bucks. Um, and of course, obviously Vucevic with 35, the guy just was absurd. It couldn't miss. Dude, Fournier, er, Evan Fournier is their second leading scorer. Didn't score his first point until like four minutes left in the fourth quarter. That's, that. that's how good the Bucks. I, I will say how good the Magic's defense was in this game. And, and just all-around effort. Like in the, in the beginning of the game, you could just tell the Magic were playing. It just seemed like they were playing harder. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they were just up a little more for the game. I, I, will th- I, I think there's a – I don't know if I want to just talk about this now or when we get to the Lakers game, but I, I feel like there is sort of a common thread in those two games. So maybe we just go right to that game now. So we can okay. sort of get into it. Um, but I will just also say I took the Magic plus 12. That was a good pick. That was a great pick. Um, that's that's going to be another theme, I'd imagine, right? You being correct with all your picks today. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so the Lakers, you could. there's a lot of things you could say about why the – they're confusing to me. Um, for a lot of the game – and I guess the bubble in general, the question I asked myself um, was, are they coasting? Like, are they just waiting to turn it on? Uh, because there was points in today's game. Like, when Anthony Davis is at the five and they go with Kuzma and LeBron, the Blazers, up until the end of the fourth quarter when it seemed like Dame just took over, that lineup, they couldn't stop that lineup. With AD no. at the five, Nurk looked gassed by the second quarter with that lineup, mm-hmm. um, and they just couldn't handle it. So I'm like, is Vogel coasting? Is he trying not to overwork AD at the five? Are they just getting used to it? But then I look at their percentages in the game. Like they shot 15% from three, they shot 35% from the field. They missed 11 free throws against a team that has only has only given up less than. 120 points once in the bubble. They scored 93 points. 93, are the, yeah. Are the Lakers, maybe their offense is just really bad. No. See, that's that's what I was going to get to. I Maybe this is an oversimplification, but to me, the game, this game, comes down to the 5 for 32 from 3 and missing 11 free throws. I, I think it's yeah, as simple is, as they, the fourth, they didn't shoot well at all. The, this is the fourth time in the bubble that they've scored less than 100 points. Uh, and maybe this is what they need then to switch it on. Uh, maybe need, LeBron needs to get in someone's ass. And I mean, Danny Green, two for eight. That can't that can't continue if they're if they're going to make 
a quick series out of this. You know, they don't want to go. They do not want to go six, seven games with this team. Um, no, and I, and honestly, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about the series for the Lakers. I'm not worried about them winning the series. I definitely think if they if they can't look if they don't play more of this lineup with AD at the five, it's going to be a longer series than they want it to. Mm-hmm. Their offense is just awful when either JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard is on the floor. It's just yeah. it's not very good. Kuzma needs to play more. I know you, I don't think you're not a huge Kuzma guy, right? I mean, he's a nice offensive player. Uh, he looked pretty good in the fourth quarter today, too. I thought that was. That they was just good. Need, I just think he's young. They, when they're when you're scoring ninety three points against a team like the Blazers, you gotta have you just have to have guys on the floor that can score, and he yeah. can score. I mean, their defense is fine. I mean, they, the Blazers only scored a hundred points. And the, when the Blazers score a hundred points, you should beat them by at least fifteen. Especially when you're the one. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great point. Um, yeah, that's why I think it's the shooting. I, I just think this was a really, really off night for the Lakers. Um, I mean, LeBron I would, had a triple double. Yeah, that the, I was in the fourth quarter when the Lakers briefly had the lead. I believe I had in my notes like LeBron just—it's just—he's just timeless. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. But AD disappeared though. He AD did, had yeah. twenty-one in the first half, I think, and then. He ended up with like 28. Which the other is, thing was, I don't, Dame did not score in the third quarter. Like this game he was didn't so score, strange. He didn't score, so he didn't score after like the seven minute mark in the second quarter till late in the fourth. And then he mm-hmm. hit four bombs. One like from absolute, the logo again, I think, Absolute yeah. bombs. Like I looked at the play by play because I wanted to see the timing of when he, of how long it took him to score his first basket in the second half. And I, I think the shortest three he hit in that late stretch when he went off was like 29 feet. Jesus. How do you feel about that? And it's just so weird because on they the They interviewed him after the seen... game. They interviewed him after the game, and he said he specifically worked on that in the offseason. They had said they had some number on the broadcast that he shot like 40% from, <laughs> from th- over 30 feet or something. Like something absolutely I mean, stupid. I, if it works, I mean... No one was, like, but, but just, no one was saying anything about it when Steph was doing it. I mean, just in my gut, that's just it's a bad shot. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I I know he's making it, but it's just every time he does that, it seems like a bad shot, and that's why I'm constantly blown away. Like Dame yeah. time, that Dame time is just a real thing. Like he took over the fourth quarter and when it that that, that game, game get I'll I mean yes, it's always been a thing, but man, the way he did it, I I've, I every. Mm-hmm. Every single time the Lakers went on, like even scored even like four points in a row, I was like, "All right, this is it. This is where they take over." Mm-hmm. And then he just I felt the same way. And then he just come. He what he ended up? He ended up with thirty four, which is thirty four with no points in the third quarter, right? <laughs> which is crazy. And for half of the second quarter, and half yeah. of the fourth, really two quarters, he went. He didn't score, and he still had thirty four points. And I, I, I went back and I, I did the math on this. He's played like. Over, he's played like 420 minutes in the past 19 days. Whoa. And he just keeps going. Whoa. He looked gassed. Yeah. He looked gassed in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. It and has then, to be. And then, and you know what? That's probably part of, part of why he didn't score for two quarters. Because he's just, he, he's just like so tired. He was just gassed. <laughs> the guys, I mean, I'm just gonna, yeah. Um, but then, and, and hey, we talk about how we feel about the 30 foot three-pointers but if you don't have to get to the rim and you can score from 30 and you don't have to dribble by people 
that saves some energy. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why he's doing it. He's like, I'm so fucking tired. I don't even feel like getting the room. I'm just gonna he's like, I, I, because I know I have to carry this team every night yeah. because no yeah. one's doing anything. Like yeah. every and, every third game, CJ McCollum goes off and and Nurk has great first halves, but I got to do this all on my own. Yeah, anywhere he can save a couple uh, steps, you know, he'll just. I mean, it's crazy. I I don't. I didn't see the stat. I I was scouring Twitter because I figured someone would put it up, but like. When was the last time two eight seeds won game one in the same year? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I, sh- I should have looked harder. I just didn't. It's been a busy day. It's been a bit, pretty busy day. Yeah. Um, I, I had the Blazers plus five and a half. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> no, I didn't, dude. That's crazy. Uh, I, 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 but I'm with you. I, I'm not overly concerned about about the Lakers losing the series because I mean really oh, despite playing horrible like their offense just being complete trash they only lost by seven yeah they were and they in were the in it and they were yeah. in it for the most part their defense yeah. is always going to be fine mm-hmm. so and if and holding the Blazers to 100 is really good I mean the Blazers offense has been unstoppable since they lost to the Clippers. Um, so um, I think the Lakers are going to be fine. This is kind of what I said also was going to happen in this series, right? That the Blazers would play good and that, that it would be close early on and then progressively as the series went on, mm-hmm. the Lakers would pull more and more away. I didn't think the Blazers would win today. but So here's my common thread between both of these teams. Oh, yeah. I was wondering what that was. Let's hear it. They're two of the three oldest teams in the NBA. Mm. The Bucs and and the Lakers. Yeah, you know, I didn't really realize how old the Bucs were. Yeah, well, that's... Who else? Who's the third team in the mix there? I think it's Houston. Really? That makes sense. Yeah. Um, So, this long layoff, who knows how it really impacted some of these older guys. Yeah, I mean it's game. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard not to. But both of them have also been playing really bad in the bubble. Mm-hmm. The Bucks are three and nine in the bubble now. Oof. Um, and the Lakers are probably just as bad. The Lakers were awful. Um, so I don't know that. I mean, it was a long layoff. Some of these guys, again, for some of these guys, it was the the longest they've ever not played basketball. Mm-hmm. Something for me, it just feels. I was like worried something... about. I was worried about the Bucks' age before the season because they got rid of young guys. They got rid of Brogdon. Uh, Nikola Mirotic went back overseas, and they replaced him with Wes Matthews and Kyle Korver. Um, and yeah, I always forget how old Kyle Korver is because Kyle Korver's been old since he got in the league. He doesn't. He doesn't seem to age. Really, I think he's been he's old. Thirty-nine years old. Jesus. Um. And Wes Matthews seems pretty old too. I don't know if he's that old, but he's not thirty nine. But he's he just strikes me as old. I feel like he's been in the league forever. Mm-hmm. And then they brought think- in, and then Robin Lopez is not young. So, yeah, I was concerned about. I wasn't as concerned about the Lakers' age because I feel like LeBron's teams are always kind of old because he brings in vets mm-hmm. to play around him. Um. But maybe that's a thing. I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to 
impact this series. I got you. But yeah. down the line, you know, the mm-hmm. longer they have to play after that long layoff, we'll see. Um, the other two games kind of stunk today, man. I, yeah. They're a little underwhelming. Uh, we'll go Heat Pacers. Um, Heat ended up winning. What was the final score in that one? Do you have it? One thirteen to one hundred one Heat. And my takeaway from like the Pacers, they play hard. It's just without Sabonis and a healthy Oladipo, they're just like they're just outgunned in the series. It looks yeah. like I think you said it yesterday. It's just they're gonna play hard. I just don't think they're talented enough. I, the other thing, I, those guys, is oh. is Miles Turner just bad? Like he's you know, just he's not inconsistent. A good player. I think he's always saw. I think he struggles against the Heat. From what I can gather, he he never really plays great against the Heat. Um, but the game changed when Vic went out. I mean, even though they they played tough for a lot of the game after Vic went out, but it's just not the again, like you said, they're not the same. I mean, T.J. Warren, Malcolm Brogdon both had twenty two. They both played pretty well. As as you know, they they kept the Pacers in it as much as they could, but the Heat have too much. They're too deep. Like I said yesterday, they have the two best players in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and who know? Hopefully, I, I hope Vic comes back just because I want this to be at least a competitive series. I hope his eye is not that bad. I I still I mean I think we both we're pretty much in agreement that the Heat are winning this series either way. But um, without Victor Oladipo, it's it's just not... They needed him to not only play, but play at 100%. Yeah, they needed, the yeah exactly. They needed him to um, take a step forward, definitely not get injured in the first quarter. I saw a lot of people on Twitter calling him soft. It looked like all Pacers fans... I mean, I know he's gotten banged up, but like, it seems kind of hard. It's interesting. Like, supposed I, to do it, but it, that seems like that does seem like he's gotten that rep, but like, yeah. his injury was horrible. I know, and and he got poked in the. It was an eye injury today, right? Like, what, yeah. what, what are you supposed to do if you, if you get yeah, poked in the an, eye? You get poked in the eye. Yeah, like, there's a reason why. In it, it's funny because the announcer of that game, I forgot who it was, mentioned the. Uh, the Daniel Cormier Stipe Miocic fight from mm-hmm. last past weekend and mentioned how when DC got poked in the eye, he couldn't see and it, it got worse and worse. Um, yeah, think about this for all the people that are saying Victor Oladipo is soft. In combat sports, you can literally almost kill a person. But if they get, if you poke them in the eye, the fight stops. Right. Great point. I think you get five minutes if you need it. Yeah. No, you get five. You I think you get five if you get a, a hit in the nuts. Oh, is that well? Yeah. Both you, delicate organs. That was yeah. the Point I was trying to make. Right. For sure. But, <laughs> but 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 then but a guy gets you know his cornea ripped out in an NBA game and he's soft for not coming back in and playing. Yeah. Dude, what was he thinking? I mean, you could fight with soft. one eye. You can fight with one eye. You can't shoot with one eye. I don't know. Your depth perception is No, no, is all you off. can't fight well with one eye, but I feel like you could probably fight better with one eye than sh- play basketball with one eye. I agree with that, yeah. Because, like, a guy, and this is really going off the rails, but DC, like, a guy like DC is so f- big and fat, like, with one eye, if he can just take you down, 
you're in trouble. Right. And I mean, there's not a lot of precision involved. I mean, well, that's not true. There's precision involved in yeah, wrestling. But um, uh, but yeah, not as not like shooting a three pointer. Right. Uh, Goron Goron Dragic too. I mean, Dra- Dragic Goron Dragic. We need to have like a little sound effect for each time we mispronounce a name. Maybe like the Mario coin or something. I don't know. I feel like everyone mispronounces Goron's name. Like, I think it's Dragic, right? Or Dragic. But Jeez, isn't it really Drag- Dragic? Isn't that why they call him or Dragic? Like dragon? That they, they call him the I'm dragon. Sure. They call him. They the call dragon. him the dragon. But I think that's just because his name starts with D R A G. But I, I don't know. I just call him Goron. Okay. I hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> uh, he had 14 in the fourth. It's actually, he had, he had, Goran. He had 14 points in the fourth. I mean, that's that's he's a good player. Yeah, he's no, good. I'm saying, but if he's getting you 14 in the fourth, you really have no shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've cut down their rotation. I mean, Derek Jones played a little bit, but really, um, they've figured out their eight man rotation. They're this is this will be a pretty quick series. Um, I had the Heat minus four. Um, not sure if you. I did not. We're aware of that. Yeah. So just to be clear, you're, you're three and zero now on the sorry. on the day. Yeah, as of right now. Um, and then there's Thunder Rockets, which uh, I one twenty three to one oh eight. Yeah, I I thought the Rockets would win, um, but I definitely thought this would be closer. Um, but again. I mentioned it yesterday. The Rockets, the thing that sticks out to me is their defense, man. Mm-hmm. The zone, that zone that they play, and they're switching. You just never really know. I mean, it, watching it, you never know what's going to happen. I can't even imagine playing against it. You just right. don't know what they're going to throw at you. Uh, they're just super engaged. Like that's the biggest difference that I see with this team. I mean, they they played hard defense a couple years ago, but they are they're like dogged out there. Eric Gordon is is I mean I don't even know if he's a great defender but his effort is outstanding. All of them. No, and none of them are really other than probably PJ Tucker and Covington who are known to be really good defenders. No one else on that team is a good defender. But they have a, a defensive mentality that I think a lot of it was that they used to have Jeff Bizdelic as an assistant coach and he was sort of like their defensive coordinator and they were a top 10 defense last year. And he he was sort of the last couple of years, and he sort of instilled that philosophy, their defensive philosophies, and it seems to have st- stuck around even without him. Uh, yeah, they they um, they they forced twelve turnovers. They scored nineteen points off turnovers. I mean, that's that's tough. Yeah, on I twelve didn't know that. and weird. on twelve turnovers. So you know they're getting turnovers and just jacking up threes in transition. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, I really want them to go deep. I know they're not going to, but I know they're not going to win the West, but I put Mike D'Antoni here in this in the rundown. I just want Mike, I think Mike D'Antoni's such a good coach, and I really respect that his whole career, he's just been like, you know what? I don't like the way everyone else plays. I'm going to do something <laughs> different. It's funny. I actually wrote that note down um, as recently as last year i just didn't like the rocket style of play and i don't know what it is i don't know if it's just because i'm watching it more but i'm just i'm all about it now shoot 73s that's what i want to see well 73s their game. style of play this year is completely different than last year 
it's totally different. They're still shooting a lot of threes, but last year, everything was ISO, pick and roll, slow the game down. If Chris Paul had the ball, it was a pick and roll with Clint Capella. If James Harden had the ball, they were literally last year on a lot of possessions, just sending everyone to the baseline and just let James Harden do what he had to do. Either get fouled, find an open shooter, whatever. This year, since they got Russ, they have the fastest pace in the league. So you probably like them better this year because they're playing faster and they're still shooting a lot of threes. Fast teams that shoot a lot are fun. Slow teams yeah. that just ISO and, and drive and kick, I could see why you wouldn't like it. I remember last year, um, I think talking with Raja Bell about them, and he's like, I love Mike because he played for Mike in Phoenix. He's like, but I hate watching this team. It's so boring. It's terrible basketball. It, and boring? Last year. Yeah. I mean. Because all it was was just get out of the way and let James Harden play. And right. Oh, I see I, what you're and, saying. And, and, that, yeah. and, and, and even then, I was like, damn, he broke the NBA again. Because he, he figured out, he's like, why do I need offense when I have the best offensive player in the league? Just let him do his thing. And then this year, he's like, you know what? I don't need a big man. I just don't. <laughs> just, yeah, it's... it's so, I love it. Him and we'll Daryl a couple Mo- around. Him and Daryl Morey are just like a match made in heaven. They're never going to win anything, probably, because it's, I mean, I hope they do. Yeah, but like, Can this work? Can it, like, I... I... I almost uh, every, feel like you're in like a simulator. You're just histor- like everything, and- everything historically says no, that it should not work. But like one time, I mean, can they do this for a, like a long enough period of time and they just get so hot from three that but, it works? But here's I don't the thing. Know. I, they I, my they were no. bad in the beginning of the year until they switched to small ball. Small ball saved their season. Um, And... They became a better defense. They became just a better team when they went small. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe it can work. <laughs> it worked. The biggest thing that everyone always says is well, they can't guard bigs. But every game I've watched them play, bigs have not really been the problem. I mean, mm-hmm. Steven Adams had 17 today, but when the tallest guy on the other team is like six seven, and you're 7'1", and you're one of the strongest players in the NBA, you should have 30. I think it's just their pace is so relentless. Like they don't, it's just, they get other teams out of their offense. You know what I mean? Like other teams are, are jacking up threes because they're trying to keep up the pace with this team. Like, is it even possible to slow the game down against this team? It should be. Hmm. Like, well, so I agree. Like yeah, uh, some a big man should have 30 points against the team and it never seems to happen. And I wonder if it's just because, their pace is so crazy, it gets the other team out of their offense. Well, I, know, I think part of it is because of the way they defend. They'll, That's they, true, too. They, they show those zones, they switch, they collapse the paint, they get their hands in and deflect. I mean, they do a lot of things, and they're so aggressive at all times on the defensive end. I think that's part of it. Um, Here's one for you. Before, I know we've been on this game a long time, but can you tell me who the best three-point shooter on the Rockets was this season? Percentage-wise. Mm. I know from listening to Jeff Van Gundy on a broadcast that P.J. Tucker was the best corner three-point shooter in the NBA this year. Um, I feel like the fact that you're asking this question, it's not like an obvious 
answer. Definitely not obvious. Definitely not obvious. Can can I get like one question? Yeah. Is it like a regular rotation player? Yeah. Daniel House. He is second. Ben McLemore. Oh, that was going to be my other guess because I I assumed it couldn't just be like. I I knew it wasn't Harden, and I the only other the only two starters that or the only two like big time rotation players that could have made sense would have been Eric Gordon or Robert Covington. But I feel like those would have been too obvious too. So most of these guys that I mean they're good three point shooters, but nobody's like a great great three point shooter percentage wise, really except for Macklemore. And that's one of the things I just love about the NBA is like people wrote this dude off after a couple years in but Sacramento. That's what I love and about like, Mike D'Antoni. That's yeah, what happens when too. you play and with Mike just, D'Antoni. He allows people to like recreate themselves. He's he's still only twenty seven. He's shooting forty percent from three. I don't know. I just I, I like to see it because I liked him at Kansas, um, and his career really got off to a brutal start. And it looks like he's turned it around. Yeah. No. He. he uh, him. I mean, Robert Covington seems to bounce around, even though he's a good player. PJ Tucker has become, I mean, so legit with the Rockets. I mean, he was good in his other stops. I think Phoenix and Toronto, but he's become really good as part of this offense. I mean, yeah. I want D'Antoni to be able to finally, like, I want him to win a championship and just finally say, I broke the NBA. <laughs> um, and then retire. And then go do whatever he wants. You know? But I just want it to happen one one time. Uh, so, I said yesterday on the show that I thought that this game, this series would go seven games, but after watching this one, I, <laughs> I think I'm backtracking. Yeah, they made it look really easy. And again, maybe it's just, you know, this game one thing. Okay, so you didn't play that well, but they, they really made it look easy. But I, I, I think one thing to keep an eye on with this is their offense has been really bad in Orlando, the, the Rockets. They had one of the, one of the lower offensive ratings in the NBA in, in Orlando. Um, and in the bubble, OKC had the second best defensive rating. So the fact that Houston's offense looked really good today without Russell Westbrook is interesting. Um, not that, again, I'm not saying that it's better without Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I thought you might be going there. No, I'm not. Sure. I'm not. I'm not. But it's Possible. worth it's worth ob- it's worth observing when he comes back, if it is. Mm-hmm. Because their defense stayed the same. Their defense was good. But their offense got better. Um, but it could just be like every other team that's struggling in the bubble. The, and they're the other oldest team, by the way. They've been, their offense has been struggling. But it looked pretty good in this one. So, uh, Alex, did you know, I, oh, well, we both had the Rockets. So this was your one game for the Yeah, for I got the this one. Minus minus one and a half. So yeah, that means um coming into this, I was nervous that I had that I, that we decided to do picks because I was like, ah, I feel like I'm bad at picks. I, I overthink it. I'm six and two in the first two days of the playoffs. I'm I'm loaded. And I think but all that money that I'm winning, I'm losing in FanDuel. So um just getting totally boned there. Um <laughs> Do you want to do picks for tonight real quick? Yeah, that's it. Uh, Nets at Raptors, or at Raptors, Nets, Raptors. The Raptors are uh, minus 11 and a half. 
Oof. I mean, I, you'd, you'd think I learned my lesson last time to count the Raptors out on this on this big number. I got to go Nets plus 11 and a half. It's just too big of a number. I was thinking the same thing, but now I'm thinking, like, for the line to move two points, like, it seems like they've got some intern working the line on this game in Vegas, and he's just like, shit, I, I Would well, they it. win by 20 last yeah, game? but, Something like, more than that? nine and a half was a lot, and now it goes to 11 and a half. I'm with you. I'm going to take the Nets just because they can get hot from three and I don't know, hang with them for a half. Maybe I'm not confident about it, but take the Nets plus mm-hmm. 11 and a half. Uh, Jazz Nuggets, Nuggets minus four. I mean, they took the jet, literally the Jazz's best shot, right? Mm-hmm. And one by 10. I- I've got to think. I said it so many times yesterday, but Mitchell has to be demoralized. Like, what else can you do? Um, I, d- so I would I say would... The, probably the team as a whole. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going, going, yeah, Nuggets minus four. Yeah, for me too. Um, Mavericks, Clippers, Clippers minus six. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm going with the Mavericks. I think the Mavericks win this game, to be honest. Um I don't know. I, I, I don't that. think that one's going to be a sweep. I don't think so either. And, uh, I was really impressed I, I with just, what I, I saw just, before Porzingis got. I have, yeah, I've got a bad taste in my mouth with that Porzingis ejection. Like it just sucked. So I, I'm hoping Mavericks come out even more fired up, and uh, and I think the Mavericks win that game. Yeah, I'm going to take the Mavericks to plus six. I don't know if I'm ready to pick them to win, but I think it'll be close. I think. Porzingis comes out with a vengeance. Right. Um, and then this last one, I, we have to discuss it with some news. Uh, Sixers, Celtics, Celtics still. Actually, let me double check that line. The line I have is is four and a half. Six, Celtics minus four and a half. But I mm-hmm. feel like that, that probably had to have changed by now. What, um, was, it, what was game one's line? Four. Yeah, it had to. It should have moved at least a point. Um, actually, no. It might have been more. It might have been five. So maybe it went down because of the Gordon. So Gordon Hayward's out for four weeks, which sucks. For the Celtics. I mean, I'm rooting for the Sixers. It sucks for that Gordon. Just sucks. It just sucks for Gordon Hayward, man. I know. This guy can't. Him and Vic. God. Of course, people call them injury prone, but they both had two of the freakiest injuries like you could possibly have yeah nope still minus four and a half both come back hayward incredibly so um and now he's out for four weeks i think it does it doesn't totally change this it changes the series a little bit for me because i think part of what i love about the celtics is that they start and play for the most part four guys who can score, create for other? who can pretty much do anything on the court at all times, and it makes them so versatile defensively. Losing Hayward doesn't change the defense because Marcus Smart is fine. We'll, we'll step in, and he's a better defender. He's probably the best defender on the team. But offensively, he's a little bit limited. So now you're going with three guys at all times or in crunch time as opposed to four guys, which three great players is still great. But it's not. But it changes the dynamic a little bit because now you have a guy like Smart who you can play off of a little bit. 
And then there's always going to be whoever the Celtics big is. And that person is a liability offensively, usually, other than Cantor, who's solid. So I don't think it changes my thought on the series that the Celtics will win the series. But I think it, if, I think the Sixers maybe get a little juice out of this. Like, okay, we're coming back. Um, we're going to come back harder this game. They're down a guy. We're, we're down a guy. Things are even now. Let's go get it. I think Sixers win this game. Uh, I'm, I'm going to agree with you there. Um, I'm trying so hard not to be a homer. Um, I, I just think yeah, the series is going to be like a dogfight um, back and forth and just feels like a game the Sixers win. Yeah. Did we just pick all the same picks? That's stupid. No, because I picked um, the Mavericks outright. Oh. Got I guess it. that's not the, yeah, whatever. We can pick the same picks. Come on. Yeah, but it's just dumb. We got a lot of basketball ahead of us. It's not going to be the same. Everybody. That's true. That's a good point. We do have a lot of basketball ahead of us. All right. Well, then you convinced me it's not that dumb. Um, all right. Let's, I'm getting rocked in FanDuel. I suck at FanDuel. And I'm as, tough, man. It's as like, good as I am with these picks, and I'm basically a Vegas pro at this point, um, FanDuel just really, really, really gets me. Here's like, the thing I, about FanDuel. This two is days a, in a row out of the money. I, there's ways to win. Like, if we played smaller, smaller contests and all that. But, like, to me, I put in three bucks. I want to try to win five hundred or $100,000. This is The rest of it's not worth it to me. I don't, I'm not trying to put $3 to win $3. Like, this is the thing that's always pissed me off about Daily Fantasy is, like, these multi-entry. Like, some dude out there is putting in 50 lineups. Like, all of them yeah, have right, exactly. Jason Tatum. And then he's got all these – like – that's not that cool. Yeah, those guys I actually purposely found a, a thing on here that's single entry. They should all be single entry. But yeah, yeah I, I think I'm, I've played I'm so much shit, FanDuel so. that I'm not allowed in some contests like that <laughs> because I'm like considered a veteran player because I've played so many contests. So there's certain like contests that no experienced players are allowed in. Um, good business model, maybe. And I'm an experienced player, even though I've lost a shitload of money on it. I'm an, I'm considered an experienced player by FanDuel because I've played so much, which is they should they should take into consideration how much money you've lost. Um, they don't care. All right, here's my lineup for tonight: Seth Curry, Kyle Lowry, Luka Doncic, Marcus Smart, Pascal Siakam, Joe Harris, Al Horford, Daniel Tice, Jared Allen. Al Horford's a terrible pick. He he's he looks every bit of thirty four. Should I switch uh, it right now? I still have six hundred. You bucks. should. He he's just he doesn't have it. Serge Ibaka done. No, I don't want three Raptors. <laughs> uh, Paul Millsap. No, it's a better. Well, I'm also not good at Fandle, so why don't you just leave him in there? All right, I I swapped Millsap in for Horford, and I got put in Rudy Gobert. For Jared Allen. Rudy Gobert? Gobert, that's right. All right. I went with is it Monte Morris or Monty Morris? I can't ever I think it's Monte Morris. get it. Yeah, Monte Morris. Okay. Yeah. Um then I went Seth Curry, Luka Doncic, I think will go crazy again. Alec Burks. I I just love what he's doing off the bench for the Sixers. Tobias Harris, that's more of a hopeful pick. Um, I think the Sixers are gonna win, so I think that entails him having a big game. 
I went with Joe Harris. I went with Jeremy Grant, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid. Stacking up on these uh, Sixers and Celtics again. Of course. As you as you do. Yeah. Uh, dude, the first two days of the playoffs have been great. Really good, yeah. It's really hard. I mean, I'm a, I love 130 and all day. It's also really tiring. But as long as the games are good, I'm, I'm with it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We'll see you guys in the morning. Thanks for listening. You guys, of course, know. Go uh, rate us, review us, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know, and uh, we'll talk to you in the morning. Deuce out. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters, the more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.